Get ready to drop the puck, take a free throw, and step up to the plate. It's time for the Metro East Sports Podcast on lineupmedia.fm. From the front office wealth management studio in Edwardsville, welcome to the Metro East Sports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro East. Season number four, show number 41, recorded Monday, November 13th. 2023. I am David Leip. Tonight's show features lots of tennis. We're talking Mespies for 1A and 2A. We've got the Highland Bulldogs coming up here. Guest number two. Guest number one, we've got my team, the Edwardsville Tigers girls tennis team in here for 2A Mespies. And guest number three is a special guest from the courtesy of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He is the high school sports editor Paul Halfacre. Before we begin with these great guests, thanks to partners Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquis, The Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oakbrook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And three things you can do to support this podcast. Number one, subscribe to it because you love it and it's free hey (laughs) and number two follow us on all of our social media platforms on x facebook and instagram and number three don't forget if you have a story idea email me please at mespdave at gmail.com and don't forget you can nominate your favorite team for integrity spine and joint center metro east team of the month could be a park and rec team could be a middle school team a high school team you name it. To nominate a team for Team of the Month, send your suggestion to mespdave at gmail.com. Please put Team of the Month in the subject line. All right. 2A Girls Tennis Team of the Year, MESPY winners, EHS. Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you. Thank you. You got to get up in there. You got to get close to that microphone, ladies. Okay, so let's introduce ourselves. What are your names again? Let's start with you. What's your name? Alyssa Wise. And what year in school are you, Alyssa? I'm a senior. And you, young lady, what's your name? I'm Sophie Byron, and I'm a junior at Edwardsville. Okay. And you? I'm Katie Woods, and I'm a sophomore. And? I'm Gabby Hill, and I'm a junior. And, of course, I'm playing dumb like I don't know who they are because I've known all of you since you were little kids, honestly, right? So it's it's fun for me to be in here with you Um talking about all the incredible success that you had this year. Let's start with uh, 2A Team of the Year. What will you girls remember about this year? And I'm going to start with you, Sophie Byron. Um, I'll just, like, remember all of the fun memories we had and um, working together as a team to get the uh, conference tournament title and the sectionals title and just all the fun memories we had together at our travel tournaments. About the rest of you, Gabby, what will you remember about this tennis season? Um, I agree. Just all the accomplishments that we had this season, like Sophie said, conference sectionals, um, qualifying for state, all of us. Um, and the state trip was a really memorable one this year. I think we had a lot of fun. And each girl won a match. Every girl in this in this team won a match at state, which, uh, which is tough to do, to have three entries and everybody wins her first match, whether it was doubles or or singles is tough to do. And uh, you four girls are here, but we would be remiss 
to uh, mention three other girls that played as that, that played in the conference tennis tournament, and two of whom played in the sectional tournament. Of course, in Veda Komeneni and Molly Peel played doubles, and Julia Harris played singles. And uh, without those three girls and their effort and their accomplishments, um, you four girls probably would not be team of the year. Suffice, suffice it to say that. So um, there's only so many microphones in here, but, but the efforts of those two girls uh, were definitely appreciated. And I guess I'm talking more as the coach there, putting that out as, as, far, as, as far as what I was thinking. Okay, we're going to go to the quietest one over here to my left. It's the senior Alyssa, what will you remember about this season? Um, definitely the accomplishments and the qualifying for state. I think I'll remember this season the most, just knowing that like every time we like played a match, it'd be like my last one against that team. And then making it as far as I did at state was really memorable. Being all state this year with your partner, Sophie Byron, of course, is a, is a tremendous accomplishment for sure. And I want to stay with you for a second, Alyssa because you're a three-time state qualifier. You qualified your first year playing doubles with, with Hannah, right? You, play, you qualified doubles last year playing with Katie, and you qualified this year playing doubles with Sophie, right? Yeah. Do I have that right? Which one of those girls did you like the best? I'm just kidding. Pick I would wisely. Never, I would never, yeah. Yeah. I would never ask Alyssa. you that. Yeah, but every year, I mean – it. it was it tough for you to have a different doubles partner? Because no matter who you play with, you won. And that was and that was awesome. So what was it like having a different doubles partner every year? Um, the beginning was definitely like challenging, like just getting to know each other's playing styles. Um, but then I feel like as the season went on, like I started to get like play better with each of them. And then by the time that it came to like sectionals and conference and everything, we figured it out and were able to succeed i'm proud of the fact with you that although you qualified for state three times in doubles you are still an excellent singles player southwestern conference champion at number three singles this year too so i think that uh, that's one of my goals as a coach is not to not just to develop kids that are specialists and i think sometimes it happens that way where kids end up playing one or the other um, so much that they really aren't comfortable on both on both courts. But I think you're I think you're just as comfortable in singles. Honestly, you know you played the bulk of your big matches in doubles and sectionals and state. But um, I I, know I have a lot of confidence in you and your and your singles game. Okay, Katie Woods, what would you remember about this year? Um, probably how successful we were, considering that we lost with like a bunch of our seniors last year, who were top eight. I think we like pulled it out and played the best we could. Um, like Sophie said, I will definitely remember like all the memories that we made this year. Um, since it's only my like second year, I can't wait for next season. I think a defining moment for this team was a loss, was losing to O'Fallon in a very close match, and credit them for beating for beating us that day and and being a great team. But our team finished ahead of them in the conference tournament and finished ahead of them in the sectional tournament. So the edge goes to the Tigers for team of the year. But again, I credit them for being an excellent program and for pushing us and for beating us that day and for making us better. How do you feel about that? I definitely think losing to a Fallon 
kind of showed us that we need to like focus up. They're a great team, but so are we. So I definitely think like I feel like we learned a lesson, I wanna say. Because playing them at sectionals in that conference, like I feel like we just pulled it out there. All right, Gabriella, let's talk let's talk to you for just a second here. Uh third place, second year in a row in the in the singles, you've been a, you're a two-time state qualifier, um, undefeated for the second year in a row in doubles. Yep. Two. Feeling good about where you are with your game? Absolutely. Um, I had an, another pretty successful season this year. Uh, hopefully that'll stay the same way next year. But, um, yeah, last year had a lot of success with Chloe as my doubles partner and then this year again as with Katie as my doubles partner. Um, it was – it's fun to play with different people because you really have to adjust to the changes. And um, it was a really fun experience to play with each of them. And, um, yeah, and then in singles, like, you know, I'm comfortable playing singles, obviously. Describe so your game. Oh, um, <laughs> it kind of changes per person, but um, the base of it is just be consistent. And then, like, if I can try other things, I'll. I'll do that, but um, yeah, mainly just keeping it in one more time than the other person. Do you remember the moment that you qualified for state this year? Yes. We were inside because it was raining, so we were at the YMCA, and um, I remember the girl I played, and... She was a good player yes, from... Yes, she was really good. Um, Glenwood? Yes. Um, and, like, everyone else on the team that was there was like off and I was the only one playing at the moment and they all came out and hugged me and that was a really good moment. <laughs> that was a great, great match. I remember match point and yeah, our other girls, Katie had qualified and our doubles team of uh, Sophie and Alyssa had qualified and you were the last, last part of the puzzle. And when you qualified, that was, that was certainly a moment for you and uh, for our team and for your family. So I think that was probably uh, one of your really great moments of this year, but not but not your only great moment. You had you had several several great moments. Okay, Katie Woods, two A singles player of the year, undefeated in the Southwestern Conference, sectional singles champion, uh, and now the Mespy for singles player of the year. Did you see all this coming, or did you surprise yourself with all the success you had this year? Um, I think I surprised myself honestly. Um. I was probably going to fill in Chloe's shoes and those are like big shoes to fill in. Like Chloe's a tough player. Um, I definitely had some doubts against East and O'Fallon. Um, I'm happy that I pulled out those wins. Um, they are probably one of my like most enjoyable wins. Enjoyable. Yeah. Memorable. And enjoy yeah. Memorable. <laughs> That's the word that? I was Let's looking for. Let's stay with that. Yeah. Now, you host the sports podcast at Edwardsville High School. How, do, how does it feel to be on the other side of the microphone to be to being the one being interviewed? There's a lot less pressure. I feel like <laughs> you feel like it's more pressure over here on my side. Yes and no. Okay. Is yeah, I think it's harder to talk about myself. It's easier for me to talk about you, but anyway, yeah. we'll get to that in, in a minute. I'm glad you brought up uh, Belleville East and O'Fallon because those were two girls, two seniors that pushed you mm -hmm. and. I don't know who would have thought that you would be the one to go undefeated in, in our conference this year, looking yeah. at those two girls, uh, Kylie Del Vecchio 
and uh, the girl from O'Fallon, whose name is escaping me right now. Isabel Wells. Isabel Wells, right. Two great singles players, amongst other great singles players in the conference. Mm -hmm. But those were two singles players who had been there before, and you had not played number one singles in the conference. And I think the thing is this also, Katie, you went undefeated in the conference, but there was a time when you were competing for number one on this tennis team. Yeah. And it was not a given for you mm-hmm. that you were at one point around number three in this lineup and you had to battle your way back to number one. Yeah. How did that shape your season? Um, well, the people that I lost to were Gabby and Alyssa, and they're obviously great players. Um, so, I mean, coming back and, like, playing against them, I just feel like I have more, like, motivation because obviously your teammates are someone who's going to push you. Um, so, I mean, I guess coming out as number one on the team gave me some confidence for the rest of the season. Because you had to battle mm-hmm. to get that. And honestly, I think there were multiple girls on our team who could have played number one on any given day. Agreed. I think we have, I think we had a lot of balance. Um, one of the reasons why we try to keep it consistent is for conference seating. You know, if you've played everybody at number four, um, then you've played everybody at number four. and it, it makes things easier. And if you haven't lost at number four, then you probably need to keep playing at number four, that kind of thing. So, um, But there were definitely times when, you know, we played it straight up by the challenge ladder too, like we always do, which um, do you guys appreciate that? that you have chances and that you move up and down the ladder, or do you wish you didn't play challenge matches? You can tell me the truth, and I'll tell you what I think. What do you think? I mean, I think that, like, doing playing it by challenge matches is kind of the most fair way to do it, and so I think it's a good system. I think it's stressful. Yeah. I think it's really stressful. I think it's hard, and I don't think you necessarily enjoy it while you're doing it, but I think – it's the best way to get experience, especially if you need experience. And the other thing is challenge matches aren't for me. The challenge matches are for you guys to figure out like, oh, okay, this girl beat me. I need to, I should play behind her. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think, I think the players feel more respected. I've heard more complaints from kids who played in college who said our coach never lets us play challenge matches. I feel like I would beat these kids and playing in college, whole other story. But anyway. 2A doubles team of the year, Sophie Byron and Alyssa Wise. But first, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side, why don't I have you read this, Woods? Since you're the one who does Um, this, do you want to try? It's your podcast. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side, please give our partners at Keller Keller Williams Marquee Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game the chance to serve you. They've got offices in O'Fallon and Edwardsville with more than 165 agents. The Blasting Games are a family-owned business that has helped over 11,000 families find just the right home. The Lipes are one of those families. Jeb and Ginger sold our house quickly because they're experts at staging and pricing, and they helped us find the perfect home, and they can do the same for you. No wonder they've been ranked in the top 10 real estate teams in North America. Give Jeb and Ginger Blasting Game a call at 618-578-9276 or check them out online at blastinggamegroup.com. You will not be disappointed. 
Who here plays golf? You ever played golf wise? No, not really. <laughs> Byron? I played until uh, like eighth grade and then I hit a car. You hit a car? You hit a car? Yeah. Stop playing golf in the street. <laughs> That's for starters. Woods, your mom is a two time state, state champion golfer. Are you you ever play golf, Woods? I did about five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, you were just putting out there in the lobby. Yeah, I mean, I did pretty good putting. I did pretty good. I made like just about what you five think. in a row. It's just what you think. I Hill, that. Hill are you, you golfer? I play putt-putt. <laughs> That's well, like top well, tier. When you play golf, you need to play at Oak Brook Golf Club. Located northeast of Edwardsville, Oak Brook Golf Club is a family-owned 27-hole public golf facility. And their goal is to offer the highest quality golf experience for a reasonable fee. Oak Brook is consistently recognized for awards such as friendliest staff, best course to host a fundraiser, and best senior scramble in the bi-state area. From fundraisers to leagues to instruction to an afternoon out on the links by yourself or with your friends, the Brook wants to win your business. I've personally played and hosted multiple golf scrambles there, and I will attest Mike Surrey and his staff are the best. To book your next tee time or to start organizing your next fundraising scramble, give them a call at 656-5600 or check them out online at oakbrookgc.com. You will not be disappointed. Word. All right. Let's talk let's talk dubs now. Sectional champions, conference finalists. Yeah. Got to the finals of the conference tournament. Lost to an excellent Belleville East team. Yeah. But you were 2 and 1 against that team. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on your big year, girls. How would you describe it? Um it was like I would describe kind of like us as like resilient almost because we went into that conference match knowing that it would be a hard one and it was and we didn't get the outcome that we necessarily wanted but then that just motivated us for sectionals and we just went into that sectionals match like we had nothing to lose and that just really like gave us motivation and showed resilience. Was that the best match you played all year? Yeah. Sectional final? Yeah. What was the secret? What enabled you to do that? How were you able to do that? Was it steroids? Did somebody <laughs> give you steroids right before that match? Because I'll we'll do it every single time if that's oh. what it takes. No. What was the secret? Um to just play like to play fearlessly, to play with nothing to lose and to be loud and just be very motivated and keep high energy. And you're aggressive. Yeah. You were super aggressive, and you made your volleys early in the match, and uh, you just played well. You just yeah. made you just made shots. I mean, like in that first set, Sophie, I remember several backhands that you just absolutely pelted, passing shots. You remember that? Yeah. Right. So I mean, like I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like it doesn't happen very often where I have kids on this show, and I'm like, explain to me what happened. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. But this is like the one show out of fifty. Maybe two if I have Colton Jesse on again, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? We're like, yeah. I saw it, and you just made shots, and 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 your and your passing shots were amazing. What do you remember about that match, or what do you what do you want to say about the year, Alyssa? Um, especially like for the sectional final, like having no pressure. I think we both were just really on. We like didn't let them 
get the ball at the net, and I think that really helped with that. And your volleys. There was one point where you hit a low forehand volley, and you had a high forehand volley, shoulder height right here. And all for four years I've been on you about not doing this when you hit forehand volleys, and I'm making a chopping noise, people, because you can't see it. And you just caught it so clean, and your hand just barely moved, and it was so flat and so clean and just like exactly where you wanted it to go. Do you remember the shot? I think so, yeah. Like it was just like perfect. Yeah. And I was just like, that's it, man. That's what I've been working. That's what I knew she could do it. Like your volleys were so good that day. Am I right? Yeah. And that made a big difference. And I think mentally you guys were aggressive and you stayed focused and aggressive. And, you know, that's, that's the easiest coaching in the world. Stay aggressive. You know, that's pretty much all I said, right? Don't be stupid. Did I say that? No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said, you know, I don't remember what I said. You know what I mean? I think it was, here we go. Stay aggressive, right? Yep. Okay, ladies. Well, congratulations. It's uh, 2A team of the year, 2A doubles team of the year, 1A player of the year, uh, 2A, excuse me, singles player of the year. Um, you had a great year. You were fun to coach as your coach. Um, any other moments from the year that, that will stand out to you and you'll remember forever? Oh, gosh, here goes Gabby. What do you want um, to talk about? So one day we went to Olive Garden. Oh, don't do that. To, don't do <laughs> oh, that to Molly. poor Molly. Don't do that to poor Molly. Let's just, let's just say a kid, a kid got ill. In I the, like how we like still name-bombed and <laughs> we're just going to continue yeah. talking about it. Let's, poor Molly. I think, uh, I think the mark of a good person is if you can laugh at, at your own Laugh at yourself, and I think, uh, yeah, that player that uh, let's just say it, she vomited in the middle of Olive Garden. Let's just I call still, it. Let's just call it like it was. I would still like to point out that was the first like game slash like match of the whole season. Like that was the first tournament, yeah. and she like you know it was like a hundred and fifteen degrees. It was outside. that hot. Was it? It actually? was hot, and that but that we were in that Alfredo like AC restaurant. Kinda, yeah, well, that was. The things you remember off the court, you know, some of those things will will stay with you forever. And I feel like this team was close. Yeah. And I, and I think close teams win. Mm -hmm. So, uh, kudos to you for supporting each other. Um, that's always a that's always a, a key to success. Thanks for being a great team as your coach. Uh, thanks for being great guests, all four of you. Do you want to add anything be before you leave? Thanks for having us. Yeah, My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, girls. Thank you. Bye. We're going to talk Highland Bulldogs girls tennis in just a minute with the Mesby 1A Mesby doubles team of the year, Josie Wojciechowicz and her partner Sophia Fleming, along with Coach Zach Plocker and their top singles player, part of the year at least, Ruthie Manor. But first, Thanks to partner Cassin's Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, the number one place to purchase a vehicle in the Metro East. If you're in the market for a new or a pre-owned car, check out Cassin's inventory in person where they've been for over 30 years or online at Cassin's.com. Cassin's has earned the highest ratings for customer service. Their expert staff is committed to making your car buying experience enjoyable, including convenient on-site financing. I've purchased four vehicles there and I will not buy a vehicle, a car, a truck, anything, any place else. 
With over 90 years of experience in the Metro East, Cassens is the clear-cut leader for quality, service, and customer satisfaction. Go see Steve, Cliff, Holly, Greg, Bob, Mike, or Trent today. Bulldog Tennis, up next. All right, Bulldogs, 1A Tennis Team of the Year. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to start to my left, Sophia Fleming. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. And Coach Zach Plocker, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Josie Wojciechowicz. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Sorry, I stumbled a little bit, but Wojciechowicz is really pretty good. And, of course, Ruthie Manor, welcome back to the show. Thank you. 1A Team of the Year, what will you ladies, let's start with the kids, what will you remember from this tennis season? Josie, let's start with you because <laughs> apparently you can't remember anything. How can you not remember anything from this season? I can. It's just it's hard to choose one memory because I have so many. Okay. How about a couple? You want to throw a couple out there? All the good times? Well, obviously all the matches that, like, me and Sophia, we won a couple tournaments. The matches that, like, won us those. Um, like, Clinch? Clinching matches? Yeah, like the really close ones are what I'm going to remember. Good for you. Ruthie? Um, For sure, Allstate. And then towards the beginning of the season, my I had a new doubles partner, and her name's Peyton. She's great. And we won against Jersey to clinch a tournament win, so that was pretty fun. And I'm glad you're out of Jersey because they were really your conference rival this year, conference co-champions. Uh, Dan Diamond does a great job at Jersey, and his girls were, sure. were, were here. So that was a quite a rivalry this year for you guys. Coach, comment on that? It was a big rivalry. All the matches were really close when we played them, and both sides are very, very competitive in each and every match. So um, everyone was giving their best every time we played them, and all the matches were close in tournaments or just in the regular season. And you guys won the duel, and they won the tournament, or do I have it backwards? Yeah, we won the duel, and they won the conference tournament. Okay. And, Sophia, what would you remember from this tennis season? Uh, Definitely what we were able to accomplish my – Pretty much my only goal this year was to make it to state, and we surpassed that. So um, I'll always be proud of that, and also just making good memories with my team and my doubles partner. Sectional champions. Sectional champs. Conference co-champions. Quite a season. Did it meet your expectations? Is it what you thought it was going to be, Coach? It did. So going in, I talked to Coach Matt Pellock and um, Coach Matt, my assistant coach as well, um, and just kind of figure out what we had because this is my first year with the girls. So just trying to figure out what we had going in. And they were talking about nothing but good things. But we were missing a couple pieces from last year. So it was just a matter of we had a couple kids step up. And we had a couple kids step up. And when we won a couple of these tournaments that were really close matches. That was kind of like, all right, these kids have got a lot of competitiveness to them, a lot of, a lot of grit to them. And I think we can squeeze out a good season. And as you mentioned, it was your first year back at your alma mater. Alma mater, yeah. Was it emotional for you coaching back there when you walked out on those courts for for the first time? Were you, did you tear up just a little bit? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But it was mostly just like one of those things where you come back and you played there and you just want nothing but where you grew up to be more successful. It's, it's hard to describe. It's just one of those things where um, you just want your community that you grew up in to be superior in terms of um, just playing well and being a well-known name around the tennis community. And while these girls had tremendous success this year, and while you deserve a lot of credit, Matt Pellock deserves a lot of credit for the development that he 
was able to inspire and get out of these girls while he was their coach for the last two years. For sure. He was my coach as well. And I he give, was, he was my coach. So I give him all the credit as well. I'm just teaching me a lot about the game and then just the uh, kind of the moves going forward into taking over the season. So he seems too young. He seems like he just graduated from high school <laughs> to me, but that's just because I've been doing this for so long. Everybody seems uh, super young for me. Okay. Ruthie talk about your improvement this year and especially during the season, but also last year to this year, because to me, you're a totally different player. Yeah, it's definitely, obviously my technique has improved based on the different clinics that I've been going to. ETA, of course, has helped me tremendously. Um, but I think the main thing is my mentality. I know sophomore year, I would get very upset with myself, kind of just not the best overall. And then this year, I kind of relaxed a bit more. There were definitely some some bumps in the road, but I feel a lot more confident on court and just overall as a player. It has been awesome working with you, Ruthie, in the summer at Edwardsville Tennis Academy, but also shout out to the Edwardsville YMCA because I've been on the court with you at the YMCA for several years now, along with Josie also, while you're, while you're busy playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've spent a lot of time with both you girls, and at, shout out to the YMCA also for uh, facilitating that as well. Okay, let's talk uh, 1A girls doubles team of this year. Sophie, what would you remember from this awesome tennis season, this awesome double season that you just had with your partner? Well, uh, kind of like I said earlier, I think we did a great job, and I certainly didn't expect all the things that we accomplished. So I'll uh, definitely remember um, what we were able to achieve and achieving it with a great friend of mine that I'm close to on and off the court. So that really? was fun. You guys pal around together? Yeah, she's all right. Say her last name. <laughs> Wojciechowicz. Wojciech I can spell it, too. Wojciechowicz. Spell it. W-O-J-C-I-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that, man. Wojciechowicz. That's we pretty good, man. I tell you if that was wrong. She could have just mumbled no. some letters. That's, you know what? I watched it. I followed it on here because I've, I've got it here from the, from the IHSA program. No, you nailed it, girl. Thank you. Thank good you. job. Woo. Okay, Edwardsville's got a bunch of great restaurants, but at the top of my list is Wang Gang Asian Eats. I've been a huge fan for years. Why? Their contemporary Asian menu is loaded with innovative takes on classic Asian flavors. Tasty appetizers like potstickers, choo-choo shrimp, and crab rangoon. Delicious entrees like their famous drunken noodle and the dragon poke bowl combined with their unique bar menu and world-class service makes Wang Gang a perfect destination for date night, family night, or even Sunday brunch. But if Asian ain't your thing, pop into Chappie's right next door for the best burgers, fried chicken shakes, and the coldest beer on the planet. Located just west of Edwardsville High School, it's easy to find, and you'll be glad you checked out both places. By the way, all guests who appear on this podcast get a free milkshake at Chappie's. Bulldogs, what do you want to say about that? Thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> Looking forward you. to that Wait. milkshake, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. World class. You're, you are absolutely going to love it. Coach, describe the style of this doubles team. I would say with this doubles team, um, biggest thing is their positivity. Honestly, when they when been through adversity and going through a tough time in a match, they do a good job of kind of feeding off each other and get, knowing what to say to get each other back on. But the biggest strength, I think, is both their serve. I think they hold serve extremely well. 
Um, and I think that's what helped the girls all year round. And when you have confidence in your serve, I think it's helped them the ability to break because they know that if they can hold serve, they're a little bit more comfortable on going for a little bit more in returns, and that set them up for a lot of success, I think. I would only add one thing. What would you add, Josie? How would you describe your style? I think that sums it up pretty well. I mean, our coaches taught us better movement at the net, which we were kind of utilizing better at the end there. Um, you? Yeah, there's I would still, agree There's with still Josie. one word I'm looking for, though. Uh, being more aggressive, I think we did. Um, that was like a big goal of ours to get a lot of net points. So um, I think we did that better at the end. That's what I was going to say. Aggressive and athletic. Athletic and aggressive, I think, describes your style um, in doubles. And I think, you know, as somebody who coached against you, right? You know, I, I saw how you I saw how you played great doubles team. Your style, Ruthie, how would you describe your style as a singles player? Um <laughs> a little odd, a little definitely not a technical masterpiece, but it gets the job done. <laughs> not a technical masterpiece. Okay. I think you're selling yourself short. I would describe you as tenacious and competitive, yeah, coach. I'm speedy. That's good. Speedy, and you and you and you fight hard, mm-hmm. Ruthie, and that's at the heart of it, coach. Yeah, she is a grinder, counter puncher for sure. I know that she is going to give you a thousand balls back in play and just be a wall and make you battle for every single point when Ruthie plays singles for sure. Well, one a team of the year. Won a doubles team of the year. And Sophie, you've got your first game, first basketball game tomorrow night. Looking forward to it? Yes, hopefully we do great. We play Centralia, so we'll see how it goes. And in the springtime, you play soccer? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah. Soccer. So you're a three-sport girl. <laughs> I am. No time off for you. Uh, not much. Keeps you busy, though, right? Okay, and ladies, uh, you can't get out of here before we talk about the fact that your coach is 1A Coach of the Year, IHSA Coach of the Year, so he's kind of a big deal. How would you describe him? Just in his first year back, in his first year back at, uh, at Highland High School, he wins Coach of the Year. How, what's it like playing for him? Definitely a great experience. You know, he, you know he, he's always in your corner, even when – Times are going a little rough. You know, we all have our moments on court, but he's always there for us in a very solid support system. So it's been really great having him. Uh, he really does help on not just practices, but also during matches like in changeovers. Um, if things are going south, I know I can always go and talk to him and I'll calm down. But he's also our biggest hype man. So depending on what you need, he's able to do both and just help you mentally throughout the match and, you know, with strategies and whatnot. Hype man. Hype man. <laughs> I like it. All right, hype man. Congratulations on the award. Thank you very much. I consider you one of the great young coaches in the Metro East. Well, any any sport. I appreciate so, that, Coach. Appreciate I think you're doing that. a fantastic job. Ruthie, did I cut you off? Were you going to describe, Coach? Wrong, no. Wrong Josie? <laughs> I, thought jo- I thought Ruthie had nope. the mic. Go ahead, Josie. Oh, okay. Well, like they all said, he's always in our corner. He always has something positive to say. But he always also has something constructive to say as well. All right, Bulldogs, thanks so much for coming by tonight. I really appreciate it. Shout out to Uncle Chuck. Once again, <laughs> the man, the man always, the man always behind the team. Love, love that guy. And uh, anything else you want to share about the Bulldogs this year, Coach, before you get out of here? No, great, great year, great kids. Um, proud of all of them and proud to be a Bulldog. Josie, Sophia, Ruthie, Coach Plocker, thanks so much for coming by, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
<laughs> Three, two, one. Guest number three, I'm so stoked to talk to Paul Halfacre, the full-time high school sports reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a multimedia guy. But first, winter's here, people. It's knocking on the door, and it's time to check your heating unit. Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated HVAC company that strives to provide quality heating and cooling services throughout the Metro East, including Edwardsville, Collinsville, Belleville, Troy, and O'Fallon. A proud train distributor, their technicians install and service all makes and models of equipment. Whether you're looking to maintain, repair, or replace, Viviano has you covered. For service you can trust, don't hesitate to call Viviano today at 618 618- Three four five seven four nine eight, or visit them online at vivianoair.com. It's hard to stop a train. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Yep. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen each other. It's been a, I feel like I talked to you at a conference tournament or a sectional tournament at Belleville West. That sounds about right. Okay. I've, I've been all over the place that like... All the days and where I meet people kind of blend together. When yeah, me too. So <laughs> all the media people, especially. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Let's talk about you. Who are you? What is your job? Because you were, you and I were chatting about it uh, before the show began, but you're doing a lot of stuff. What are you doing? So uh, I just got hired back in October for the Post Dispatch. So I cover 99% of the high school sports around the Metro East as well as the Missouri side of the river. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer, videographer. I'm also in charge of their podcast. Uh, it, if there's if it's something to do with media, chances are I probably have a hand in it. Which of those hats for you is most challenging? Like where it's like, oh man, I'm not that good at this. Oh, writing uh, that that is hands down the one thing that I struggle with. Um, and thank God I've got really good editors. Writing is something that I when I went to college I. I always thought I'm only going to be a photographer. I'm only going to have to be behind gotcha. the camera. So me learning how to write has been a struggle and something that, uh, thank God I have like Chris Gove and Steve Overby who are kind of teaching me how to be a better writer. As a writing teacher, as a high school writing teacher, American literature, sports and literature, but someone whose specified objectives are to teach people about writing. What have you learned about writing? The one thing I learned, especially about sports writing, is when I ask a question, I have to be, I can't just ask the question and just, okay, it's done, one done. The one thing I've learned the most is when you ask a question to an athlete, to a coach, to whoever, to listen to what they say and then respond to that as opposed to like, well, here's my three questions, boom, 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 okay, and then and then I'm done. So, I, That is exactly because I also – help lead the project of the podcast at the high school. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I try to teach these kids is don't make 27 questions and Mm -hmm. list them in a row. Listen to listen to what people say Mm -hmm. and have a conversation with them. But it's so different if you're interviewing someone to put it in writing than if you're interviewing them for a podcast. Right? No, 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 no. That is the one thing that, when we're doing this podcast and it's another other skill that I'm trying to learn is is while I'm interviewing them I have to kind of keep an eye on be like all right let's interview them as if this is going in the podcast as well as opposed to this is the interview for a story 
I got you. So, so you're recording it and then using that audio on the podcast? Uh, sometimes, and then other times, other times not so much. And sometimes the uh, quality of the audio just doesn't work for the podcast. So it's interesting. You know, interviewing people and styles of interviewing people to me, to me is fascinating. And it's something that I, I really am just learning about. So you've trained to be a photographer? Yeah, no, that's what I went to school for. That's what I wanted to do in high school was be just a photographer. I just wanted to be basically the next Chris Lee of the of the Post Dispatch. I wanted to make those really good sports images and 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 get the Cardinals in the World Series, the Rams in the Super well, at the time, the Rams in the Super Bowl and and stuff like that. So that's what I wanted to do. And I still get to do something some of that, but now I have to be a writer. I have to learn how to be video and all, uh, all sorts of other stuff as well. What are you doing with the video? Are you putting it on your website? Yeah, so like for the most part, whenever I go and cover something, it's I'm a writer, photographer, and then one of the quarters in football, I will just dedicate to being, I will just take video of the highlights of uh, whatever is happening, and then I'll splice those, up, splice those all together and put those in, in with the story as well. How many hours a week are you working, man? I feel like, <laughs> I mean, like it seems like, Every day but Sunday. If there was high school sports on Sunday, you would never get a day off. More or less. Um, very, I'm very fortunate that the director, Chris, makes sure that we have two days off a week. But those other five days, I mean, we're working. Um, last week I was at swimming in the morning, and then I covered a football game, Jackson and Seckman, at night. So in theory, I worked about 12 to, 12 to 15 hours that day. And then that Saturday I worked about 12 to 15 hours going to East St. Louis and Kankakee. It, so, yeah, I can I can tell how busy you are because <laughs> you know, as you know, I follow you on on Twitter. And let's give out your Twitter handle if you don't mind yeah, more followers. Go you go ahead. Uh the Twitter handle is uh, P P is in Paul and then my last name with I don't actually don't know what that character is. I think it's an underscore STL. <laughs> you want me <laughs> to look that, it up? Yeah, I think that's the I think it's a uh, little underscore. We'll look we'll look you up. See, here I am totally P at P Halfacre underscore STL and uh, give Paul a follow if you love high school sports. And I know you love high school sports. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> so you spend a lot of your time on the Metro East. I've noticed mm-hmm. that as well. Yep. So you're not just covering uh, St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I think that's the number one gripe that people over here in the Metro East have of, of certain St. Louis-based media is, how come they never cover us? Mm-hmm. So, But I feel like you are making an effort. Do you feel like you're making an effort to cover the Metro East? I actually prefer coming on the Illinois side. What? <laughs> I wait, actually pre- <laughs> wait, wait, say it again. <laughs> um, as much as I love the Missouri side, and I, I do get treated very well on the Missouri side, the Illinois side is one I got hired, and that's what my uh, original goal was, to cover the Illinois side. And every time I came over here, I just was treated so well, and it was so much fun to be over here and to experience – on this side of the Illinois, because I mean, I'm from the St. Louis on the Missouri side, I'm from that area. So it was so much fun to kind of learn and experience the rivalries, the breeze central modern day rivalry, the milk bowl, Edwardsville, East St. Louis, those rivalries. I, that is a lot of fun. When you say you were treated well, mm-hmm. treated well by whom? At the athletic directors, the coaches, the players, the, the players are b- very similar on both sides, right? And, kids are kids. Yeah. Kids are kids, but you know, the athletic directors, I, I never, IHSA treated, I never have an issue with IHSA. I've never had issues like coming over here to cover anything. And it's just, it, it's, it's almost a night and day difference. Uh, to Now, there are some schools on the Illinois side that 
are, could be a little bit better. And same with, but and it's the same way on the Missouri side. And I, and I don't want to disparage the Missouri Missouri schools. It's just the Illinois schools. It's very clear that they want the coverage and they are very appreciative of the coverage. You know, as a coach, as an Illinois high school coach since 1994, my attitude toward the media has always been the same. And maybe it's because I'm a tennis coach, but it's always been, I really appreciate you covering mm-hmm. me. I'm going to call you back right away. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you called me on a Saturday and maybe I forgot and went and had my Saturday night experience and forgot to call you back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I bet you I call you back within five minutes every single time because you have a job to do. Mm-hmm. And if I expect you to be fair to me and cover my kids, which is what I want, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you cover me, but I want you to cover the sport and the kids, then why wouldn't I treat you well? I don't (laughs) understand Mm -hmm. coaches that don't treat the media well. Now, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm not trying like I'm not trying to slam any other coaches. And you didn't, but it's something that I and when I came to Illinois side. So the one thing that I, whenever I got hired here. And the biggest thing was when I came to the Illinois side, and the one thing that really stood out was Highland. Whenever I went and covered Highland the first time, it felt like when I was covering down in Kentucky when I first started in a small town in a little Kentucky. And I don't know Highland's not a small town, but like that's what it felt like was a little home hometown, and it just it just felt it felt you good liked to me. and you liked that you liked yeah. that hometown feel yeah so hey, just incredibly we just had guests on the show from Highland, but. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the Metro East. This mm-hmm. is the Metro East Sports Podcast, and we're all about positive vibes about the Metro East mm-hmm. and really about everybody. We're really not inter- interested in, in slamming anybody. Okay, so you're doing a podcast. Where can people hear your podcast, and what does your podcast cover? So the podcast, the STL High School Sports Podcast, it, it is on our website. It is on Spotify. It is on iTunes. It is on any, any place that actually has a sp- uh, podcast. That's where you can find it. What we talk about is we talk about the upcoming games. We talk about what we saw. We talk about some of the players that we've seen, some of the things that stood out to us, some of the just the highlights and things that we can't fit in the in stories that Steve and I. Uh, oh, and Steve Overby is the co-host to that podcast. But like where Steve and I cannot fit that in our story, or it just doesn't make sense to put in the story. That's where we talk about the podcast. So it's kind of gives you a little bit of an extra dimension as well as. You know, you, you get to hear my voice, which is awesome. <laughs> Can we talk about Steve Overby, Overby for a second? Yeah. I've only had, you know, a handful of conversations with him. But when I when I first started this podcast, we went out and covered some things, and I kind of rubbed elbows with him. He seems like a genuinely cool, nice guy. He just seems like a really, really nice guy. Mm-hmm. So am I right or wrong? I mean, absolutely wrong. He's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. That's a lot more fun. No, uh, Steve, every time that Steve and I have to go on a road trip together, it is by far some of the highlights of my uh, journalism experience because it's an hour and a half and we're talking about things. I'm learning things because he's got tons of experience as being a reporter because he, he doesn't just cover the high school sports. He covers professional. He covers everything. So I'm learning a lot from him on those times. And he's just so much fun. He has a story for everything. He, he teaches me. He's just a fun person. Guy. He's, he's a good guy to be with. Yeah. And that's what he seems like. Okay. People can check out the podcast, uh, on STL today.com. Correct. Okay. High school sports. And how often are you producing the podcast? We're producing the podcast once a week. And that, that's the whole goal 
And if I feel like if we can do it during the last couple of weeks where it was the busiest weeks of of, right. of the fall, I think we can do it for weekly on a weekly basis. And I'm just kind of picking your brain here as a podcaster. Typically, how long are your, epi- are your episodes? About 20 to 30 minutes or okay. so. Well, I'm a little bit, we're a little bit longer than that, but we're obviously a different type of show. Mm-hmm. We're completely guest driven as, appo- as opposed to reporting the news. Mm-hmm. So, and who are you doing the podcast with? You're not just by yourself. Uh, it is me and Steve who are co-hosting. We do occasionally, uh, like the last episode, we had the athletic director from Francis Howell, uh, Sean Irwin, who is, so, I don't know what he is doing at Francis Howell, but whatever he's doing, he is, he's got the secret sauce because every program that at Francis Howell is successful. Uh, football, they just won a state championship. Softball, state title. Uh, volleyball, they played for a state title. I mean, district titles, state titles, they're always in, in the competition of – I mean, Francis Howell, I remember when I went to high school that Francis Howell was not – they were good at certain sports, but they weren't good at everything. I don't know what Irwin has done, but they are good at everything now. Let's talk about comparing the Metro East to St. Louis mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, okay. obviously, you have a difference in population <laughs> – Right. So you've got more schools, mm-hmm. okay. What are the other differences? What are the other similarities? So our listeners mm-hmm. who may not be extremely familiar with St. Louis County, St. Louis City sports, mm-hmm. what would you tell them the differences between Metro East and St. Louis City, St. Louis County? Oh, that is a good question. Thank uh, you. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I do here on this Metro East sports podcast. There's not a lot of differences like the, that really stand out to me. Are um, we behind? No, you're not behind. You're not in front. You're not light years ahead. You're not light years behind. Um, because I remember when Belleville West, when EJ Liddell was terrorizing everyone in the Southwest Conference, they played Vashon. Vashon is one of the top teams on the Missouri side. It was a very close game, and both teams won state titles. So to me, it would be very hard to say that one side is, is ahead of the other. Um, cross country, I think it's harder in the Illinois side to do better. Then in Missouri, Illinois only has three classes. Missouri has five. So it is a little bit easier to do it on the Illinois – or I'm sorry, on the Missouri side. But that that's the only big difference. There's more classes on the Missouri side, I think, than Illinois. So that's the biggest difference. But someone like Natalie Bernard, who ran at Lafayette High School, she could come over here, run for Edwardsville, and do really well here at Edwardsville as well. So, Okay. Misha tends to have more classifications. Mm-hmm. In all their sports. Right. So that leads to more success because now you've got five state champions instead of three state champions. Correct. Okay. Now here's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And let's, 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 let's make some people mad. Ready? <laughs> all right. Kansas City, good. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, better. Chicago, best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what I think is, okay, St. Louis mm-hmm. County, St. Louis City, and Metro East, even yeah like you said more people in st louis okay mm-hmm. kansas city close mm-hmm. to st louis but probably across the board not quite as not quite as mm-hmm. dominating across the board in misha now somebody from kansas city could prove me wrong if they want to correct but i think some of those people play in kansas too correct okay right so but neither of those cities compared to chicago in terms of a population base right. and therefore the difference between people that compete in St. Louis mm-hmm. is there are they are the best area in their state. Mm-hmm. People in the Metro East really have been scrapping mm-hmm. to be on an even playing field with Chicago, and right. that makes us tough. You know that mm-hmm. that that's a that's a tough thing to do mm-hmm. over here. And I'm not saying we're better. Mm-hmm. 
I, I agree with you that I think it's a pretty level playing field, but I think the biggest difference is in the Metro East is we have to compete with Chicago. Correct. Where, yeah, basically, and I hear it and I've heard it whenever I've worked in uh, the small towns in, in Missouri, it was always, well, we're going to run into a St. Louis school or we're going to run into a Kansas City school. Right. And I hear it here where it's like, well, we're going to run into a Chicago school. We're going to run into a, you know, a powerhouse school right out, right outside, of, right outside of Chicago. So I definitely see it, and I definitely understand it. But, I mean, I think this Edwardsville team, football-wise, they could have competed with anyone on the Missouri side. Right, right, right. Uh, right. And they did. And and the Cardinal Ritter on the St. Louis side, they of could course. compete with anyone. I, I think I think they could go to Chicago and, and make a lot of noise. I, I agree. I 100, 100% agree with that. And you kind of bring me to my next point. Which and, and the other thing I want to say is this before we let before we let the regional comparisons go, <laughs> there was a time when I when I think Chicago seemed more intimidating mm-hmm. than it does now. I feel like we've had mm-hmm. a lot of success, especially lately, in basketball, mm-hmm. in football, mm-hmm. but especially in soccer, yep. in cross country, and even tennis. That you know we still we still only had one team in the top 20 in 2A mm-hmm. so let's not kid ourselves and it was Edwardsville mm-hmm. so let's not kid ourselves and say that Chicago doesn't still dominate most things mm-hmm. but what i've always said is for example with tennis the best st louis teams john burrows mm-hmm. could clearly hang with anybody in chicago yep. the difference is in chicago there's 10 John Burroughs-esque schools. And right. in Missouri, there's only a couple John Burroughs. So Correct. That's, not, that's not a slam at anybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about this fall in the Metro East. Let, let's, let's look at the sports. Um, golf had their success. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Hill finishing in the top five um, individually certainly had tremendous success. Uh, cross country, you had O'Fallon, the boys finishing in the top five. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about soccer. What was the story, in your opinion, of soccer oh by the way edwardsville high school qualifying two teams in the top 15 at Mm -hmm. state was a big story for cross country as Mm -hmm. well and o'fallon boys awesome this year in cross country let's talk about soccer though boys soccer what do you think the story was i I really think collinsville like as i'm I'm sure people in edwardsville probably not a big fan of collinsville but i think collinsville that program that clay smith the ad now and now uh has handed over i mean is just every year they expect to go to the semifinals. They are expecting to go to the quarterfinals. It, if they can make it, it's been O'Fallon, Edwardsville, and Collinsville. The Southwest Conference is just loaded. And I don't want to – got Columbia as well. Like right. Columbia and 1A. Different class, though. Yeah. And 1A, you've got Altoff and, and then Triad. Oh, my goodness, Triad. Right. I, I don't know what Jackson has those kids drinking or eating, but my goodness, every year, I mean, they're expected to win 25 games. Boys' side and the girls' side. Correct. Absolutely. And going back to the soccer, the big schools, Southwestern Conference, Collinsville, four Southwestern Conference championships in a row. Mm-hmm. We've had Reininger on the show, yep. and you're right. Clay, Clay Smith starts off as the coach. Now he's the AD. Mm-hmm. Great things happening in soccer. And across the board, good things again yep. in the Metro East mm-hmm. in boys' soccer. Yep. Okay, let's talk football. Let's stay with Collinsville. <laughs> okay. Once again, Colton Rhodes in Collinsville, doing major things mm-hmm. with that team. Doesn't go. They win their first playoff game mm-hmm. for the second year in a row. Correct. Great things for them. That was a big story. Edwardsville just lost last weekend in the quarterfinals, yep. but you've got some teams still alive. Mm-hmm. 
Talk about those teams. Yeah, I mean, you had seven teams from the Metro East make it to the quarterfinals. I don't know when the last time that actually happened. Um, but then, obviously, it was not a very good Saturday for anyone in the Metro, any any fans of the Metro East, because five of those seven teams did lose. Um, but then you've still got two teams that are, I mean, East St. Louis, obviously, because they are loaded every year, year in, year out. Sunkett has that, has that program just like a machine. And then Roxana. I don't understand how Roxana even had a close game in the second round. And I'm not trying to take anything away from St. Joe Ogden. I'm sure they are a very good program, but Roxana's offense, if I was a 17-year-old kid that played defense, I would not want to see Roxana. Uh, that team, when they finish a play, the center is already ready for the ball. The referee, he's ripping the ball from the referee's hand, and they're running another play. Like, it's just one after another. They run that speed ball offense, and how do you defend that? How do you spend one week and you're like, all right, I think we can defend it because you can't. But anyways, Wade DeVries has the shells rocking yes. and playing at light speed. Yes. Light speed would be slow compared to what they do. Okay. <laughs> and I think what's unusual is they're running the uh, triple option. Yep. They're running the old school 1930s Ronald Reagan win one for the Gipper <laughs> yep. tri- type of offense. They're not slinging it around the yard, yep. but they're still playing at super fast pace. That's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that whenever I first saw them, it, it it's a triple option. It's a variant of that veer option because th- sometimes they'll just hand the ball straight off to Evan Wells or Terrell Graves or uh, Andrew Ellis. They'll just hand it straight off to them, and they'll just let the offensive line just bulldoze people out of the way. And then they've got, and the name escapes me, but they've got one receiver who, as a photographer, I really wish I would have gotten the photo because he just Randy Moss somebody just over his head. It was I just stood there. I was like, wow, that would have been a great photo. So they are throwing a little bit, huh? They are throwing and they it have just the talent enough. to do it when they want to. Yeah, when, when they want to, and they're doing it just enough that if you load the box on them, they will burn you. The ghost of Charlie Rach. Could we see it in Roxana this, this week? And they host that semifinal yep. at Charlie Rach Field mm-hmm. where they've got a new turf, where they've got a new student rec center, where they've got a new strength and conditioning coach. So kudos to the Shells. That's what this show is all about, is recognizing the teams and the programs that are making an investment in these kids. Mm -hmm. So it's not luck that they're doing what they're doing. They deserve their success. Mm -hmm. Go Shells. I I can see them with that. Now, I I don't know anything about uh, Olympia. I believe that's who they're playing. That's where the Greek gods live. Yes. (laughs) Um, Zeus on high. So I don't know if if they have Zeus in the backfield for Olympia (laughs) or anything, but... Roxana does have a very good chance, and this is not just me being a, a Roxana shill or a Roxana fan or anything like that. It is just that team. I mean, they put fifty on their first first round opponent in the first half, and then they put and they pulled their starters. Well, I mean, they're the real deal. You don't have to. I mean, bragging about them at this point is really, you know, I think we've been all we've been on that bandwagon for a long time. We've had we had the shells on the show a couple weeks ago. We knew they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's built that program. He's got a bunch of seniors, mm-hmm. and these kids are hungry and they're unselfish. Yep. And Wade is doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. So everybody's everybody's excited for him. I don't know if you saw on um, Twitter or Facebook some of the social media, but other teams in the conference mm-hmm. were sending them congratulatory mm-hmm. uh, videos of encouragement. Bethalto. Yeah. Civic Memorial in particular pops out at me as one of the schools that was really into that. And I yep. felt like that was pretty, pretty classy on their mm-hmm. part to, to wish good tidings mm-hmm. 
on their on their fellow conference team. Yeah, I did see that, and I, and a, a team that's not even in their conference, like they're just right down the road, but they're just wishing them well. I want to see more of that. I see that a little bit uh, at my old high school, Francis Howell Central. They wished Francis Howell best of luck. I like seeing that because, yes, they're rivals. When they play each other, they're not wishing them well. They're hoping that they beat them. But when they're not playing, it just seems like there needs to be more of that camaraderie a little bit. I agree. Across the board, in the Metro East, amongst the conference folks, um, you know, I'm at Edwardsville High School. I want to see the Tigers win, but if the Tigers don't win – um, I want the conference to win. Mm-hmm. And then I want the kids in the Metro East to win, obviously. But I also can compartmentalize when I'm in when I'm wearing this hat <laughs> that I want mm-hmm. everybody in the Metro East to do well. Okay, let's stay with high school football yep. for a second. Our other Metro East team mm-hmm. moving on to the semifinals. And according to what I read on social media, I believe it was by Steve Over Overby, if, if I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't you, it was somebody mm-hmm. from the Post Dispatch that said that Kankakee, at the start of the game, that was you. <laughs> that was me. Yeah, that was your tweet. Yeah, that that you said Kankakee was at the 50 yard line mm-hmm. yelling mm-hmm. at the Flyers before the game started. Yep. So I had found out uh, from social media that Kankakee had been taunting and basically saying that they wanted East St. Louis. They wanted to play them. They wanted to beat them since week nine when, when East St. Louis was not playing. They were, they were on social media. They were making videos. They were basically saying, Hey, we want to play you. Well, and then they added that on the 50 yard line and they came out when East St. Louis was warming up. Kankakee came out to warm up and before they warmed up. Now, I don't think it was any of the starters that got in, in, in on this. But there was a lot of people going all the way up to the 50-yard line, and they were shouting, making making, making themselves known to East St. Louis that they were there to the point where the East St. Louis fan base started chanting East Side in response because most of the East St. Louis kids ignored it. There, there were a couple of kids that responded back, but you know most of the starters on both sides kind of stayed away. Was the coach on the field? Was the Kankakee coach on the field? Yeah, the entire coaching staff was on the field on both teams. Did you get the vibe? that this was encouraged? I did not get that vibe. It, it looked more like... Spontaneous? They spontaneously said it, and then the coaches were trying to break everything okay, up. Okay, so Kankakee coaches immediately they, intervened. They were trying to break it up a little bit. So did yes. players get face-to-face? No, the players didn't get face-to-face. Most of the east side coaches allowed, like, kind of pulled the kids away and kept them kept them from getting any closer to the 50. But, yeah, they were, they were getting up to the 50, and they were, you know, making themselves known to East St. Louis. Interesting strategy. Yeah, it didn't really work out for them. Were you? Th- well, I wonder. One one is thinking. Okay, were you, was that your version of the haka? Where you yell and make faces mm-hmm. because you're going to show these people that you're here to play? Yeah. Or did you just further motivate a team <laughs> that was already motivated, already super motivated? Yeah. And the other question is, how does that look? It it looked. At the time, I and trust me, I like swag, the swagger. I love seeing that from teams that have that kind of swagger. But if you're if you're going to talk like that, if you're going to act like that, you better back it up. And for about a quarter and a half, Kankakee did back it up. Unfortunately, when East St. Louis came out of halftime, that was it. The East St. Louis was a completely different animal in the second half and just kind of walked away with it. I think even if you back it up, who needs it? Yeah. Who needs it? Come on, man. It's high school sports. Mm-hmm. Credit the Kankakee coaches yep. for intervening. But, um, you know, I'm all, I'm all for bravado mm-hmm. and carrying yourself with confidence. But I don't think. But the problem is we see it. 
Yeah. They see it. They saw Florida State taunt mm. Florida, or they yep. saw so and so taunt so and so, and they think that it's normal. Mm. And probably they were <laughs> insecure, and they probably were overcompensating. It, it was something that, from what I had looked at from Kankakee, their record. I mean, they were eleven and zero at the time. They yeah, were undefeated. Un- undefeated. They had every right to be confident. They had beaten everyone they played. You can make the argument that their record is a little inflated, that they didn't play anyone good, but they beat everyone that they were supposed to. Like if they if their record is eleven and zero because the teams are bad, it's not their fault that the other teams are bad. So, yes, I agree with you. I I like the bravado. I like the swagger, and credit to the East St. Louis people. Yeah, they they might have said some things at the end of the game. But those coaching staff, the coaching staff, and everyone got East St. Louis off the field. There was no incident. There was no brawl. There was no nothing, because at the very end of the game, I think Kankakee got hit with like two or three unsportsmanlike penalties. You know what? I started to say when I saw your tweet, mm-hmm. let's see if this translates into undisciplined play. Mm-hmm. Because if you're undisciplined before the game starts, you're going to be undisciplined when the game, you know, before it even starts, you're going to be undisciplined throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you have it. So anyway, yeah. Well. Good on the Flyers for keeping their focus. Coach Sunkett. Yeah, no, Coach Sunkett and that coaching staff, just they had those kids focused and they had them not distracted. And that was, and then they kept them from getting anything further along. Kankakee did get hit with a couple unsportsmanlike at the very end of the game because it, the game They're was losing. Over. Yeah, the game was over. Ridiculous. And they got hit with a couple of unsportsmanlike penalties. But kudos to the East St. Louis coaching staff as well as the referees. The referees could have let this let this game get way out of hand and things could have gotten ugly very fast. But I don't credit the referees enough, but the referees actually did a pretty good job of keeping the game sort of under control. Good good for the good for the zebras yep. in this case. And go shells mm-hmm. and go flyers. Flyers up next have they are going to Washington. It'll be the second road back to back road games for them. They're going to Washington on Saturday at one and Roxanne is obviously hosting uh, Olympia at three. My knee-jerk reaction is that the seating for the IHSA football seems kind of dumb. <laughs> because, like, the fly, yes, East St. Louis lost three games, I two think, games. lost two games. But both those losses were to, like, Alabama and Ole Miss. You know, they, <laughs> they were losing. They lost to, to high schools that are, are like, all D1 players. Right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, but to whom do they lose? Right. They, so what I love about IHSA's uh, record or playoff you have to be five and four to be in the in the playoffs. That's just a minimum. You have to be five and four. Now, yes, they could look at the seedings and do the seedings a little bit differently because East St. Louis's losses is to a season opener loss to Mount Carmel out of Chicago, right. and then they lost to a Texas powerhouse, right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then blitzed everyone else, destroyed everybody else. So, so the seeding there just doesn't. As as a tennis coach, you know you can't just seed by record. You have right. to look at to whom did they actually lose. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I think we've covered football pretty well. Let's look at anything else you want to say about the football, the fall football season. I was going to say it's like a lot of St. Louis teams are still playing. Uh, Cardinal Ritter is on a 25-26 game winning streak right now. Um, CBC knocked off Francis Howell. I think this was the first time on the Missouri side that two state champions saw each other in the playoffs this uh, early in the playoffs. Uh, Francis Howell was class five state champions. CBC was class six state champions, and they met in the district title. All right. Let's talk about the one sport we haven't even mentioned, which is volleyball. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, honestly, I haven't done a great job of covering volleyball, um, especially the last couple of weeks. But I think 
We're going to get our Mespy winners on here. And to me, the story of the Metro East and volleyball starts with... It's got to be modern day. Modern day. 2A state champions once again uh, with a straight set victory over Elmhurst in the final. Coach Rockers, once again, I believe this was the eighth state championship for the program overhaul overall. Mm-hmm. And I think this was his second. So the other six were won by his father. Correct. Who started the program and coached. So, so congratulations to Coach Rockers, uh, who's been on the show multiple times. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Man, they barely got through Bree Central. Yeah. You know, that's the crazy thing to me mm-hmm. is like I knew modern day was good in volleyball, mm-hmm. but when I learned how good central was, I was honestly pretty surprised mm-hmm. because again, not to make this about me, but they don't have any tennis there mm-hmm. that I know of. So we never go there. So right. I don't really, I'm just learning as I've done this podcast now in year number four, mm-hmm. but man, congratulations to them. Did you see them play at all this year? I didn't get to see modern day play, but I saw Breeze central play. And if modern day could handle Bree Central, I, I mean, in all honesty, that was the state title game. No, no offense to everyone else. The Bree Central modern day was the state title game. Uh, and, yeah, it, it, it's a shame that they had to meet not in the state title. In the sectional final where the score was 25-23, 23-25, 25-16. So it went three, mm-hmm. and, uh, and modern day squeaks by and then does not lose another set. Yep. So congratulations to them for being good. Congratulations to uh, Central for being good. And then I think when you look at the bigger schools, um, you get up to 3A, and that is where who did well. Mascuda got to the super sectional final, and they were the class of 3A, at least in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Anybody else compete with them during the regular season? Not that I know of. Uh, unfortunately, whenever I got hired, I got hired at the very tor- – like when the playoffs started happening for volleyball and for actually all the sports. So – I was kind of unaware of most of the things that were happening until I got hired back. So kudos to Mascuda for getting to the super sectional uh, final um, for 3A. And then the then in 4A, Edwardsville was the dominant team during the conference season, during the regular season. And then the IHSA playoffs came along, and the Cinderella story was Belleville West. Yeah, it was Belleville, Belleville West. Belleville West knocks off Edwardsville mm-hmm. and knocks off O'Fallon in the playoffs. And so kudos to Belleville West for having an awesome playoff season for their girls volleyball team, because that was pretty much not according to the seeds, you know? <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, no, I watched Belleville East take down O'Fallon, I believe in the sectional semifinals. That was something that when I got there, I was like, okay, well, that was a cool story. Like as a writer, I was thinking, okay, it was a nice little story, but O'Fallon's going to win. O'Fallon's going to come back and, and beat them. And then Belleville East made sure that we were like, no, we're not just a cool story. We're actually a very good team. And they showed that they were a very good team. Even the O'Fallon coach said at the very end was that was not the same team that we played. You had Belleville West beating Alton in the first round, 25-21, and then uh, 25-12 in their second game. And then Belleville West, as the four seed, shocked Edwardsville, the one seed, 25-23, 25-21. And then in the sectional semifinal, once again, like just exactly what you described, uh, West took care of O'Fallon, the number two seed. So they beat the number one seed and the number two seed. Most people had penciled in, okay, Edwardsville is going to play O'Fallon again mm-hmm. um, to see who get, to see who gets to the sectional semifinal. But nope, it was uh, Belleville West spoiling everybody's plan, and which is kind of cool that they mm-hmm. were able to pull up those those upsets. And then they lose in the sectional championship. But 
in three, 21-25, 25-16, and 26-24. So they actually won the first game Mm -hmm. of that three-game set or that three-set match. And uh, so kudos to West for having, having a good run there. And uh, how much volleyball did you cover this year? I actually covered the Belleville West O'Fallon game, the Bree Central Altoff game, and then the Valmeyer, I think it was St. Anthony, the F- out of Effingham. And I was very impressed with St. Anthony being able to shut down Valmeyer. Uh, Valmeyer was just ripping through teams, and St. Anthony just shut them down. St. Anthony always has a bunch of tall girls with blonde hair, a bunch of German girls <laughs> from over they, they, We've played them, the Teutopolis mm-hmm. crowd, the Effingham folks who played them in tennis forever. They all get off the bus. They've all got – they're all tall blonde <laughs> girls that, mm-hmm. that, can, that can play, so I know that has to translate well into volleyball. It definitely did. It was something that every time Valmeyer had to try and get set up their attack, it was they were facing a wall of like two or three, like you said, tall blonde girls. <laughs> Yeah, just blocking them, and I'm like, Good. Uh, so I'm not crazy. You've seen it too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't want to take up your whole night here, Paul. <laughs> but let's talk about your journey. Who? Where? You said you're from St. Louis. You yeah. went to. For, I went to Francis Hall Central. And uh, did you play sports in high school, or were you a, were you always a media kid? So I actually started in yearbook at Francis Hall Central, and I was a senior because I ran track, cross country, and I played a little bit of baseball in the summer. And I, I was terrible. Don't, don't get me wrong. I was terrible at all the sports. But whenever I was in the yearbook, that's whenever I picked up a camera. And that's when I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I picked up a camera. I started taking photos. I've, I went to the University of Missouri, graduated from there, and then and just continued that. And that was when it started refining to more, I want to be a sports photographer. I wanted to follow sports. It was something that I enjoy sports. I enjoy talking about sports. I enjoy watching sports. I mean, I'm pretty sure at one point in my college life, the ESPN ticker was burned into the little plasma screen that we had. Um, are you a fan of sports or are you a fan of sports media or are you a fan of both? So if I'm a media student mm-hmm. in sports media at Mizzou, I'm watching ESPN. And yeah, I want to know if the Red Sox beat the Dodgers. Right. But I'm also watching Keith Olbermann. Mm-hmm. I'm also watching Dan Patrick for tips of the trade. Are you a fan of the media? So now, now I am. Whenever I was... Whenever I was younger, when I was in college, no, I just kind of, they were just talking heads in my opinion. They just said things to say things like Skip Bayless would say things just to say things. Uh, Stephen A. Smith would to say things to what? say things. Yeah. But now, now that I'm, now I'm starting to watch and, and I'm starting to kind of realize, all right, why are they saying these things? What, what are they saying it? Why are they saying it for it? And, you know, even when I read stories like off the athletic and from Derek Gould from the post and stuff like that and Steve's, Steve's story. Um, like I'm reading them and I'm asking myself, how are they, like, how are they getting these answers? What are they doing? How are they, con- how are they, stru- uh, structuring the stories? And it's something that as I've gotten older, I've started to do that. Now, when I was younger, they were just talking heads and now it's a little bit different and it's, uh, yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a fun journey. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's weird to look back and be like, this is how I was. And now this is how I am. And but yeah, no, I mean, it all started in a small little paper. Uh, I got I got my start in a small little paper in Kentucky, right outside Bowling Green, Kentucky, and then worked in, worked there for a couple of years, and then I worked down in Georgia, then I worked in northern Missouri, uh, covered Truman State. I didn't get to see Cody Schrader before he became a stud, um, but I got, I got to cover Truman State, and then I, obviously I came back home and worked in STL High School Sports, and yeah. What advice do you have for people, young people that are listening to this and thinking, you know what? I may want to go into sports journalism, photography, writing, that kind of thing, podcast hosting. 
the one thing that I, I I've given any of those kids that uh, for advice is learn as many skills as you possibly can. Even if you know you just want to be a photographer, even if you know you just want to be a writer, pick up a camera, pick up a pen, just kind of learn it. Because while I don't agree with it, that is where the that is where the industry is going towards is is can you fill multiple roles? I do not agree with that, but it is something that that's how you can get your foot in the door is by saying, hey, I can do it all. Somebody will take a chance on you. From social media mm-hmm. management to the to the videography mm-hmm. to the writing to the photography, podcast hosting, <laughs> you are you are so right. That is that is fantastic advice. Okay. And I promised you that we talk about your plea to local <laughs> coaches. What is it? So the biggest thing, um, because our staff got shrunk as, as much as it did, we cannot be on the phones to answer some of these coaches when they call in their stats. So they have people to call in their stats. Some people do. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, some people used to 1972 uh, <laughs> called. They want that <laughs> method back. It, it, it was, it was kind of ni- It was kind of neat at the time, uh, because whenever I was in the office and we had, and I would take a phone call from some of these coaches. Some of these coaches would give me tips on, hey, this so-and-so is really good. You might gotcha. want to keep, keep an eye out for him. Um, but we don't have that anymore. And we don't even have a stat folder that people can email their stats. They have to put it in themselves. There are I want all the coaches because that's how we determine the all-metro teams. That's how we. That's the biggest decider because even though we might know that little Susie averages 30 points a game, if her stats are not updated, <laughs> little Susie, yeah, little Susie, and if her stats say that she averaged ten points a game, even though I know because I don't live on a rock that little Susie averages thirty points a game, but because the official stats say ten, that's what we have to go by. And um, unfortunately, that and if you don't report stats, we cannot put you in in all metro. And if you don't report your stats, all of a sudden we may or may not want to cover that team because all of a sudden, if you're not reporting your stats, and someone else is. We want to reward the people who are actually want the coverage. Well, you know, plus, yeah, you know what's going on with that team, and right. you can see the success. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you cover right. it? That so, makes sense. So that's the one thing is that I want to cover all the teams that we can. But it, at this point, if you cannot report your stats, if you can't take the time to report stats to us, I can't take the time to come out and cover you. Dang it. So All right. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't update my stats on stltoday.com, but I do – Keep them updated on our website. Correct. So you can see our website. Mm-hmm. And uh, our all-area team selections are done because Bill Hester gives me a call. And we I talked to Bill, mm-hmm. who's been covering tennis for 40 years or so right. in the area. And that's how that works. Now, this is more like a call towards the baseball, football, basketball, all those, those sports. Yes. Because tennis, cross-country, track, we know where those stats are. Okay. Like, as, as much as we would love for them to be on our website, we do yeah. know where their stats are. Like... For the high school, I know that Dylan Ibarra ran like a fourteen something three mile. It doesn't have to. Be, the coach doesn't have to report it to right. us. We, we we just know that it's 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 there and we know it. Um, but like for basketball, baseball, football, and definitely football, if you if you don't have your stuff in, we don't know that little Johnny or little Susie is leading the area in rushing because it's it. not updated. So yeah. Well, Paul, it's, it certainly was awesome to have you on the show. You're a gentleman. I appreciate all the work you do covering high school sports. Um, you're a great follow on Twitter. You got your fingers on the pulse of the high school sports scene. So I, I value your input very much, sir. And so uh, welcome back into the local <laughs> high school sports community. It's good to have you here. It's good to be back. And thank you for having me on the show. It's been 
it's been a lot of fun. Even though, even though the things that we talked about off the off air was fun. Do we want to talk about Warhammer before you go? <laughs> so yeah, I do. Uh, the one thing that I do that is not sports related, that is the most geeky thing that I will ever do. It is Warhammer. It is something called Warhammer 40k. And it, the best way I can describe it is if is risk, but all those little pieces on risk have special rules and the dice hate me. So uh, it's a game that I enjoy way too much and it's too expensive for me to as a broke journalist to be able to play but that's what i do it's expensive oh it's super expensive every every piece of those little plastic models so do like you play it in person it's not an online thing it, it's not an so i do play video games but this is one that you play in person you go to a table you go to a geek shop or an egghead comic store, comic, a book. comic book store and you roll dice and you play against somebody else your friend or during a tournament which i'm actually taking part of in sunday my friend uh keith baker History teacher at Edwardsville High School has Warhammer on his license plate, so he's, really? he's a huge he's a huge fan. You'd you'd like him. All right, well, good luck in your Warhammer <laughs> Warhammer tournament on Sunday, and come back to the show. Yep. Okay. Let's Will let's do. keep talking, working together. However, we can. I appreciate you. Right, yeah. Okay. Big thank big thank you to all of you for listening to the show, and a huge thanks to the guests, Katie Woods, Sophie Byron, Alyssa Wise, Gabriella Hill, then the girls from Highland that came in. Josie Wojciechowicz, Sophia Fleming, Ruthie Manor, and Paul Halfacre from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And for partners, Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquee, The Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oakbrook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And for associate producer, Keaton Anderson, thank you for listening to the Metro Esports Podcast, talking all things sports, in the Metro East.